Good evening. Hello, everyone. We'll, we'll get a start one day, which is completely fluid, and we'll just go. I'll click that go live button on YouTube, and everything will work. But yeah, guys, if you are just joining the start of us today, welcome to. Oh, get myself in shot. Welcome to this week's episode of Flight Sim Weekly. We've got a new co-presenter this week, the one, the only Ryan Wotu, also known as Ryan Simulations. Wow. Ryan Simulations, yeah. You know, I'll get it right one day. Yeah, you will get it. Yeah. <laughs> Today, we've got a very, very big episode because this there's been a, quite a bit of drama, say, in the flight sim community. Ryan nods subtly in agreement. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yes, there has been. Yes, many, many, many things have happened. Um, interest, yeah. We've got Evan from uh, the Flight Sim Association, who's going to be joining us today. We, we've also got uh, a brilliant discussion about captain sim and their new triple seven and also the drama that's been going in with flight sim.to been a very interesting week for captain sim yes what's going to be talking about the pmdg dc6 e737 progress update airsoft's uh, announcements on what they're going to be doing next and of course we're going to keep you up to date with all what's happened this week in flight simulation we're joined today, though, by Evan Reiter from, uh, probably pronounced that wrong, but I can't. There you go. Oh, I have. Yep. Um, title, the title's wrong on the stream, but yeah, that's <laughs> all right. We're joined by Evan today, who's from Flight Sim Association. Uh, so a few weeks ago, I said on an episode with Origami Studios, well, Evan, do you want to tell us what you got from that? Yeah, I mean, you basically sort of threw the gauntlet down and you challenged me and you said, uh, come on and sell it to me and Tom. And, uh, you know, I listened to a couple of previous episodes and listened to some things that were not correct, some things that were bang on. And I thought, you know, I'm open to talking about anything flights and I love having these conversations. So sure, let's uh, let's chat. So I sent you a quick email. It sounded like you guys were open to it. And here we are. So Evan is the founder of, uh, well, a few weeks ago, when he started, are we renaming? Podcast. We're renaming it to be called Learning from Mistakes Incorporated. Oh, that's what it looks like. Maybe I, I need to. I need to fix those headlines. I'll do it in a second. But <laughs> so, Evan is the co-founder of Flight Sim Association, which uh, you may know as the something biggest coming. Yep. Um. So, but Flight Sim Association didn't just come out of nowhere. Uh, so, what was the story behind? Uh, FSA coming together. Yes, for those who don't know me, my uh, main role in the flight sim community for many years has been as the community manager of Boston Virtual ARTCC on VATSIM, so a VATSIM VACC. We are probably the only one that has an integrated pilot and ATC community. So we're like half kind of virtual airline in a way, and then of course half controller community. And that group I've been part of for probably about almost 15 plus years now in various capacities. And several years ago, some of the folks from that group started an unrelated project called Flight Sim Expo. That is the largest North American flight simulation conference, much like the one you see in Cosford or the one that we have in Lelystad. There's one in Australia as well. Not too many of them around, but they are uh, here and there. And so at that show, the most recent one in Orlando in 2019, we had about 1,700 people. And at that one, which was our second show, we really made a point of advertising. So we didn't just say, OK, we're running a flight sim show. All you simmers, you should show up. We actually went out and did local radio advertising. We partnered with two 
two major organizations in the US, the EAA and Glime, to send out emails to real pilots to say, hey, if you're interested in getting set up a flight sim, here's a place to go. We partnered with a very popular YouTuber called Flight Chops to do a video with us to talk about the value of simulation. So we brought in about, I'm going to say 25% of that audience was brand new simmers. And they came to the show having never experienced this before. And when they went there, they basically said to us, this was cool. I really enjoyed this. Like met so many cool people, all these developers. Now I'm going back home. It was in Orlando. And they're like, I'm going back home to New York. I'm going back home to Boston. Look, I'm a pilot. I don't really know computers all that well. I just wish there was like a place I could go to where someone would help me set up a sim or where I could actually find, you know, more of these add-ons. Is there a guide? Is there a, you know, a YouTube channel for flight simulator, right? And we're like, oh, is there a YouTube channel for flight simulator? Yes, there's like a thousand, right? These people are just brand new. They're pilots. They're not necessarily, you know, part of our community. And what Flight Simulation Association was born from is those questions. How can we make it just a little bit easier for those who are new to our community to find out about the top developers, the content creators, the news sites, all the stuff that we've kind of come to take for granted? That's a lot to digest for someone who's brand new. And I guess when uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator was released in August last year, the need for that was exposed ever more. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I actually use that example all the time when I'm talking to developers because look where we are with MFS, MSFS right now. We've got lots of great scenery because, hey, if you're a senior developer, you love it, right? There's a whole simulator full of terrible airports. And so you can just go in with some fantastic tools and with not as much effort as in the past, you can make them look stunning and you can put them in the Microsoft store in front of a million people. Like this is just a dream come true if you're a senior developer. A lot easier to monetize that as well, isn't it? Right, but if you're an aircraft developer, not so much, right? Because the SDK, is it there? Is it not there? Is it right? Is it wrong? How much hacking do you have to do? And as I understand it, it's much more difficult to design airplanes, which is why, you know, here we are almost a year in and we maybe have sort of one realistic add-on and, you know, not a whole lot more than that, which which is not that different from FSX, right? But nevertheless, it's very different from what we see today in P3D and X-Plane. And so imagine if when that launch happened, which was actually the Sunday of Flight Sim Expo in 2019, and I was there in the room with all the developers when the trailer hit and i like everyone was shocked like orbix was there with us aerosoft was there with us i was talking to all of them and they're like what the heck is this so nobody really knew it was coming or if they did they're all very good at lying about it but the truth is if we had an association like this with a bunch of developers together could we have gone to microsoft and said hey guys you know we actually know the community because we've been here for the past 25 years and we need an SDK or we need this or we need that, would we be in a different place? You know, I like to think there's opportunity there. What's happened instead is you have all these individual developers approaching Osobo and we're getting there, we're making progress. You know, PMDG, we just saw some news about that, which we're gonna talk about and I mentioned Aerosoft already, but it's not the same as if we had a native SDK right from the outset. Would we, you know, have maybe a Quality Wings product by now? Would we have a TFDI design product by now if we had a central place where all these developers could connect to tackle some of these big issues? Yeah, I think definitely. Uh, so I personally think, and I think I've said this before in the podcast, I think the premise of FSA is absolutely amazing because it does link so many things together in a way that I've been around in Light Swing for I don't, I can't count how many years now. Like, I've been around since I was eight, I think. But, so what, have two all years? those resources available? But I guess it's time we should discuss that marketing campaign. Something big is coming. Now, I must ask, where did the idea for that come from? That was 
literally an off-the-cuff comment that the co-founder of FSA, Phil, and I'm not throwing him under the bus because I was part of it too. It was an off-the-cuff comment that we made in one of our meetings. I forget which of the developers we were talking to when we were pitching this idea. And he kind of said, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, a bunch of people kind of posted like uh, something big is coming or like, you know, look out for something next week. And I don't think, you can correct me if I'm wrong because you've been around for a while, so have I. I don't think there's ever been a time when we've seen Aerosoft, X-Plane, P3DM, I could list them all, all these competing companies posting the same thing. Can you think of a time we've ever done that? I can't, honestly. I've, I've always seen Aerosoft and, Aerosoft and people locking horns against each other more than yeah. anything, especially X-Plane and P3D, got Lockheed and Laminar, and then you had VatSim, you had all these different organizations you'd never seen work together before. And it was, you know, really kind of a, like, so So Phil and I were talking about the idea of doing something big is coming. And I made the banner. So I'm, again, I'm not throwing him into the bus because I was involved. I made the banner. Um, wish I hadn't a little bit, but it was, it was interesting because, you know, we sent it out to developers on something like a Friday. And we kind of said like, hey, if you want to post it, post it, okay? And then a few of them, I think nothing actually happened for the first two days. It was like a Sunday afternoon and Phil kind of sent me a Discord message. He's like, hey, you know, have you seen this anywhere? I'm like, no, nah, I haven't seen it anywhere. And he's like, well, should we follow up? And I'm like, look, I don't really want to do it. I don't think it's important. Like, who, who's going to pay attention to this post? Like, it's going to be irrelevant. But you know what? If you really want to, like, you can send a follow-up. So he did. He followed up with, like, two people. Like, I think it was Aerosoft and I forget who the other one was, maybe X-Plane. And, like, it just, it just exploded. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And it's, like, being posted everywhere and all these people are commenting and there was a huge thread on Absom about it. I mean, it, it just I think, totally I think, I think we were discussing this before the show. As a community, we don't get a lot of exciting things thrown at us. And um, like something big is coming has so many, because especially when you had Lockheed and um, yeah. Lockheed and Laminar working on this, uh, I, I remember a lot of rumors I saw was they were going to come together, they were going to make a sim that was going to beat MSFS uh, yeah. Some of the rumors that were flying around, crazy, honestly. Yeah, everyone and, thought crazy things like big aircraft, you know, stuff like, oh, this, yeah, new simulator, of, someone said, you know, stuff like that, mad. Yeah, and not only that, but the ingenuity of some people. So it was within 24 hours, and I mean, people went back and they found like requests for proposals that we had made on like logo design websites from like a year and a half ago, and they found it went into our code, and they were looking at meta tags. Like it was really cool. I mean, when you put the people look both for anything, them, honestly. Well, yeah, I mean, you put the power of all the developers together. Look at how many people we can reach, and then you sort of set the community to something, and look at how they solve it. Like that was actually really cool. I mean, like, don't get me wrong; I'm not, you know, out here saying, "Oh, this was the best marketing campaign in my life." I wouldn't do it again, I don't think. But I mean, for me, it was really shocking. For a lot of the developers, it was really shocking. I don't think any of us realized, you know, what's the power that we have if we all choose to work together about something. So I remember Navigraph did this thing a while back, uh, Simmers Without Borders, I think it was called, right at the beginning of COVID. They were using computer technology to help process something to do with COVID uh, vaccinations. And so imagine if we had done that like then, right? And look at the Navigraph survey. That's a great example of how all these companies work together. We get, you know, 22,000 or 24,000 responses on a survey. That's huge. Like that's, that's a really, really big number. And so I just don't think that we as a collective group of, uh, of simmers. Don't see much collaboration. Yeah. And especially as coming as someone who's mostly used P3D until I started recently venturing to explain. Collaboration is unheard of. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that's true. Um, I have VATSIM. Uh, I have the FS Lab, which is integrated in. 
But then PMDG won't integrate with that. PMDG won't integrate with GSX. So all these different things that you have to use. Yeah. And seeing even just seeing them work together on the social media campaign, I think that to me reached out as, and made me think, hang on, something is up. And like, I guess it sort of got caught up on a hype train, if you will. For sure it did. Uh, because something big is coming uh, was something that was definitely interpreted in so many ways yeah i think it's fair to say and having done marketing in the past uh in flight simulation i know how you can put the little thing up like we did a world cup of uk airport we got 1500 votes like honestly little things can blow up mm-hmm. like simming and then there's like really good things like really good quality things sometimes. like simmers without borders like you said sure or whatever like to just you know kind of go by the wayside and I think that's even more true like now than it might have been two years ago. I think COVID has totally changed how social media is used and just the amount of time that people have had to become content creators. Like I think in some ways, you know, the MSFS store has kind of centralized things because a lot of add-ons are in there. So like that's really cool. On the other hand, you know, everyone has become a Twitch streamer. Everyone has become a YouTuber now. And so we're kind of losing Most a little truly. bit of that togetherness because we're all like, I want to do my own channel. I want to do my own thing. And I'm out there saying like, that that's good like have your own perspective but don't only look at your own perspective let's also think you know bigger picture Uh, developers are much better about it now but when we got them together in a room and i'm gonna say it was 2015 it wasn't even me it was deandre who at the time was running your daily x and is now with milviz that time that we had about 25 developers in the room was the first time many of them had ever spoken to each other and i'm talking big names like this was orbix and tfdi design like it was big name people they'd never talked before now, this is back in 2015 we're better now but you know how many times have we seen it where like one developer starts an airport and another developer starts the same airport you're like why are you both doing this airport didn't you have done a different one so i could have some choice right yeah, I think definitely. And uh, but equally a lot of people feel like there should be competition. So I know we've had Aerosoft Heathrow in the UK for ages, and you'll probably have heard me in the podcast before saying flight tamper or flight beam what anybody did a Heathrow, I would throw money. Yeah, yeah. I know. I don't understand why they're not um, because they are so much better quality than the product we have now. Yes, old and it's and I think it is fair to say, like you said, that Bring together is something that is definitely something we wish to see more. And uh, I was watching your Aerosoft presentation, a little bit of it, and I saw that graph showed how many people had purchased MSFS mm-hmm. as the legacy sims. And I think it is right calling them legacy sims now because Microsoft Flight Sim <laughs> is the future. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's it's a big part of the future. I don't think X Plane's going anywhere. I, I think we're going to see some lot of competition uh, because I know Ryan uses X-Plane. I'm a big X-Plane, yeah. I, I, I still there think X-Plane's the future. I think X-Plane 12 is the future. Yeah, I think it, I thought I, it was going to be like MSFS and X-Plane 12, kind of the two big things. And then P3D, I'm not too sure about them. I think I just still think oh, that those developers, I, I think yeah, but... those developers will go to... I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. I can't. I don't but see remember, P3D V6 being, you know, as good as what X point. I don't know. I'm not sure. Then again, like P3D V5 was the first simulator to have all up-to-date airports, basically, last year. I, I think do think, it. but equally, P3D V5 was rushed slightly. Yeah, I a little bit. Well, I think, 
maybe get it out before Microsoft got there. Yeah, but also remember, you know, Lockheed Martin, like that's that's who they are, right? So their business is not necessarily exclusively consumer. Their business is a big part commercial and supporting the military. So I don't know what that means. I don't have any more insight than the average person would, but that's a huge market. And, you know, you see a lot of developers like Milvis is one, X-Plane is another. Their they business is deliver important. reliable products for the uses so, they, they have. I missed the first part of that. They have to be able to deliver a reliable product especially if it's been used in that military context. Yeah. yeah, and that supports a lot of their development. Like Milvis doesn't, I think, I don't want to speak for them again, but I think, well, let me just not speak about Milvis. I'll just speak generally that those developers who are, you know, in the commercial space, whether that be military, whether that be civilian, like flight school training, that's what funds a lot of their development. And the stuff that we see that they are selling us is like just a break even. But their money oftentimes comes from the commercial side. There's a lot of developers that are like that, kind of hiding in plain sight in the community, which is great for us because we get the benefit of all that work that I someone mean, else Ross is paying Carlson, for. he does uh, a lot of the clients for VATSIM. Yep. He does a lot of his work commercially. Yeah, and doesn't charge us anything for VATSIM. Like we, we, get, we're the, we get the best deal out of anyone in that. So we had this big campaign, everyone was getting hyped up, and then launch day hit, and I know you said a lot of people had sort of got the idea, uh, but equally, well, we, how did you find the reaction after launch to FSA? Uh, yeah, well... <laughs> That was a tough. It was a tough couple of days for us, for sure. Uh, we've we've since talked to a lot of people, done a lot of thinking about it, and so far, really nobody has come up and said like, "I was expecting that. I saw that coming." Uh, everyone is like, "That was a surprise to me." You know, I think in my mind there were two possibilities: like either it was going to be relatively successful, or just people would kind of like let it pass and say, "I'm not that interested." Like, you know, fair enough. Definitely wasn't expecting the level of interest that there was. And I know, you know we hurt some people. I know there were some people that were upset and offended, and like legitimately to those people, I've said it before and I'll say it again: I'm sorry because I didn't mean to. Um, if that's the case, you know, if you were upset by it, like that's my bad. Uh, we probably wouldn't do it like that again if we ever had the chance. However, uh, lots of people also, you know, much more quietly and not out there where other people could see. But in my emails, lots of people saying this is great. Don't shut it down. And we had about 150 people subscribe in the first sort of couple weeks, and that was during this period of time when there wasn't a free model and where theoretically everyone was out there with their pitchforks. Um, very different experience from what we saw. And again, you know, I was saying earlier before the stream, talked to lots of people from varied parts of the community, content creators, some of the sort of more community-oriented developers, some of the big-time developers that play in the real-world space, and everyone. Everyone's like, this is great, you know, just keep with it. Like, let this go. This is how launches go. We heard a lot of that, and that was uh, really helpful. I don't know that we would have made it through without that support, to be honest. So do you think a lot of the backlash was a result of the campaign, not built of the product? Yeah, I do. I think that's probably a big part of it. But honestly, like, you know, like anything, all we can do is listen to the customers, listen to the feedback, see what they have to say. And that's what we've been doing for the past several months. Yeah. Um, you know, the challenge is we, we did a lot of that to start with. We talked to a lot of people. This didn't come out of thin air. We didn't just pop a website up. This was something that we've been working on since June of 2020. And with a bunch of different individual simmers, I mean, you saw anyone who is on there, anyone's logos on there, they've seen the site, they looked at it, they helped produce content for it. So lots of people were all saying this is a great idea. And then, you know, obviously that doesn't necessarily play out quite as well in real life. So we adjust and we continue moving forward based on that feedback. Obviously, we did see in the early days of uh, FSA, we did see a few developers like Innybuilds in particular did pull out. Um, 
I've seen on I was looking on your site before we went live. There are a few new developers of came on board ever since. Do you feel like that is just part of natural flow for that sort of thing, or do you feel like it was a result of that backlash? So Ubaid and I had a great conversation on the phone a little bit to go, and I think it was just around that time, actually. And I have a tremendous amount of respect for the way he handled that. Um, look, like us, right? He's got to listen to his customers. That's what he felt folks were saying and was the right thing to do. Um, he had a wonderful conversation with me. You know, he didn't just say uh, publicly on a tweet somewhere, you know, what a terrible idea. We're not doing this. He came to me and he's like, look, here's the situation. I think this is a great product. I'm going to recommend it to people, but it's not right for our audience at the moment. And he was really, really supportive about it. That's great, you know, and I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for them. Obviously, I'd love for them to come back on board at some point. But at the end of the day, you know, the 10% off discount, as we have since seen, is not a huge motivator, and nor should it be. Like, there's other reasons to subscribe, and we'll get into what those are. But, you know, I'm, I haven't really spent a lot of effort trying to reach out to new software developers. There's just so many out there. There's so many stores. I think where we can have a real value is in the hardware. So we've been really focusing on the hardware side of things, but I've done zero outreach to partners. So folks who've been added since the launch, they've just sort of discovered us. They've looked at the website. They've said, this is a great idea. I want to be involved. We are going to do some more outreach, but that hasn't been our focus right now. So we did see very early on after the launch that you guys did speak out and you did respond. And we're going to look at this later, especially in comparison to what we've seen from other uh, developers in the community. What was the key thing you felt had to change following that launch? Yeah, we did. We did a lot of things. Um, we had a number of conversations with, I mean, basically everybody. So I think the biggest thing that we did coming out of that was we said, okay, you know, we didn't get this right in the first round. Let's talk to people and really understand what's up. So we had a big conversation on our Facebook page. We had, I think, three or four different group calls with developers, content creators, regular simmers that probably spent about two or three weeks. We really tried to listen to the feedback and understand what people thought would be interesting and meaningful, and then to implement those changes. A number of things changed. One of them, probably the biggest one, was the model. So, you know, originally, Originally, people thought we were charging for content. That was actually never the intention and never the case. So we've made that even more clear by just making that free account continue on forever as opposed to having an expiration date on it. And that's the, been the biggest change. People have really appreciated that. We've also gone and done massive updates on our content by listening to comments that you guys have made, by listening to comments on various threads across the internet. We've done, uh, we did a survey with about 150 content creators, super experienced simmers. And what was really interesting actually we sort of, in the survey, we asked all the questions about, you know, how's the website structured? What's the content there? And the results like totally validated the content. So that was really nice for us. And so we have a really good sense that, you know, what's up there is not just, you know, one simmer's opinion. It's not just my idea. It's grounded in the Navigraph survey. It's grounded in other survey data from simmers. That's what's important to me because there's lots of people who do great stuff on Twitch and great stuff on YouTube and say, here's the add-ons that I love. Phenomenal. You know, keep doing that. And keep talking to those people and keep watching those people and supporting them. However, what we're trying to do is not say, you know, here's the best this or here's the best that. Here's what's out there. Here are the top picks as per, you know, a survey or as per some sort of reputable source. And then here's the partners who decided to sign on. And do you feel like uh, since you've made those changes that there has been uh, more positive feedback with regards to the FSA at all? Is, it, is there still some of that doubt that uh, remains in the mind of some? 
I mean, if it's out there, and I'm sure it is, uh, folks haven't really brought it to my attention, which is a good thing, but something I'll talk about in a little while as well. Generally, it's been really positive. So we're at just at just about 100 or so accounts shy of 3,000 members, which is really exciting for us. And of course, those would be both first officers to the free account, as well as those who've upgraded to captain. That's phenomenal for us. I want to focus a little bit more on like some of the stuff we've done, and I'll talk about sort of why I think we've been we've been able to make some impacts. But generally, the feedback's been positive. Uh, I know there's, I'm sure there are people out there who still think it needs some more time to mature. I'm one of those people who thinks it needs a bit more time to mature as well. But by and large, the feedback's been very positive ever since we've made those changes. And from you know the interactions I've had with people, what I'm hearing from you guys, so far so good. So I've got a question with um what did you expect how, what was the reaction you expected? Was it how many people did, did you expect to sign up for this? You know, did you expect I, to have this many was it cap what's your thing called captains? The subscription pay, pay the paid subscription. You know, honestly, we've been saying from day one, like, we don't know what's going to happen. I don't think yeah. we've ever had anything like this in the community. So Phil and I were basically saying, you know, it's going to be great or it's going to be a flop. We don't know. Um, don't think we were quite expecting, you know, the initial reaction. But by and large, didn't have any projections. This isn't like a, you know, standard business plan where we're like, we need to make X amount of money by this date. It really was just something we wanted to do yeah, kind of for fun. Your... Yeah, yeah. You see know. what happens and launch it and see where we are. Yep. So one of the things that came along on your site that uh, I think I affectionately refer to as Flight Sim Tinder on yeah. a podcast uh, was Simmer Search. Uh, firstly, uh, just for those who I know there are concerns that raised in my Discord about safeguarding and stuff like that, making sure that those younger members of the community are safe with something like that. Could you just talk a bit about the measures that you've put in place to ensure that people don't get into the wrong sort of ways mm -hmm. yeah as a well, firstly the feature yeah so this came about as a conversation i had with a gentleman named bob who i met at flights expo in orlando and he said sort of what i've said to you he's an older gentleman not super familiar with computers but really interested in simming and really interested in becoming a pilot or continuing with his license and he sort of said look i mean i just don't know computers like i plug in this yoke and sometimes it doesn't work can i just find someone who could you know be nearby and actually help with this stuff. And we're like, you know, that's an interesting idea. You know, this is someone who's part of Vatsim, who's coming out to these events, and he's still saying, yeah, I got lots of friends in the community, but they're all over the place. I, I mean, what about someone who's like local to me in the area of Florida that I live? But that's what just relating back to the younger members of the community. So I've yeah, just gone yeah. onto my page and I'm seeing there are quite a few people who are between the ages of 13 and 20. Obviously, in the UK, under the age of 18, people are still children. What measures have been put in place by you guys to safeguard? Yeah, so there's a specific opt-in that you, so you, you can't get into some research unless you've A, got a subscription, and B, you've specifically opted into a separate area of the website where we're saying, hey, you know, make sure you pay attention to what's going on here. And we've given people some warnings. We've had those warnings looked at by some legal folks to make sure they're legitimate. And the way it's structured is specifically designed to make sure that you can't tell who's a minor and who's not. That's why it's 13 to 20 and not something like 13 to 18. And that age is different in every country, by the way. Um, so there's some challenges around that as well. But look, I mean, you probably were a little younger for this but did you remember when there were phone books i do actually right so I that was an address and phone number I was... and everything else you could find about somebody and all we're saying is hey you know here's someone who's somewhere between 10 and 30 miles from you you don't know where they live you just generally know their area and if you want here's their email address that's all it is and are there are there things that are going to be coming soon to simmer's search that will potentially make it more of an enhanced experience because I know I called it flights and Tinder, but I do see the potential, like you say, of the idea. 
Is there anything you guys are planning to bring to it soon? I mean, I'd love to be able to one day sort of form that into little chapters. And this is not like tomorrow. This is, you know, five years, 10 years from now. We've already got some flight sim clubs hanging around. What if there could be one of those in lots of the major cities? What if you could actually go and hang out with people on the weekend and actually just like do what we do at Cosford and do what we do at Flight Sim Expo? I think that'd be really cool. Uh, have to see if it works, have to see if it's popular. You know, if similar search is something people are using, we'll keep doing it. If it's not, we won't. Don't really know. It's probably too soon to say. Uh, I don't think we have anything specifically planned for it, but if people liked it and wanted to use it and sort of have ideas, we'd be open to implementing them. Thank you for that. What would you say, moving on a bit to about discounts. So uh, obviously when it site launched, there was a lot of 5 10% discounts. And I know you said about hardware being the key factor in this do you think people got turned off the idea by saying oh i get a five percent discount of warbex that's hardly nothing i know when we discussed it in the first episode i know i think tom or me said uh wait for an orbex sale stuff like yeah. that well it's 20 percent in orbex by the way but yes i i agree with you like that's I think that you know if you want to wait for the sale you're going to get a better deal no question right fair enough and there's lots of people who are like that there's also lots of people who are like, I don't want to wait for the sale. I want to buy this product today, or I'm doing a new build. I want to buy a bunch of things. And you know what? Again, on the software side, like it's not really about the discount. It's actually about supporting the developers. So if you buy it directly through the developer's website, you're supporting them because 100% of the money goes to them versus some percentage going to a store versus some percentage going somewhere else. But I, I'm with you. You know, I would like there to be a 50% off discount. I would like there to be a 20% off on Orbix that stacks on their 50% off. That's going to take a really big amount of people buying stuff for me to go convince Orbix of that. Otherwise, they may as well just go in the MSFS store and do that. You know, fair enough. Again, I think it's really the hardware piece. So if I can say to you, you would spend three dollars to upgrade to Captain, but you're going to save forty-five dollars on the yoke that you're going to buy, that makes sense to me. Yeah, that's yeah. So uh, one thing that has been now once you guys have made the content and made those accounts last more than thirty days, they are now length accounts one thing that sort of made me quite interesting thought ryan's had a look as well is about the webinars yeah so when you choose what's going to be a webinar what do you think the main, what was the main thing behind the idea of a webinar so there's there's actually two sort of main things that we're doing and we're really just you know, trying different things and seeing what works. And I think in the last two days, we've seen great examples of what works, maybe actually the last two weeks. So yesterday we had Aerosoft on. I think this is a great example. Aerosoft, to my knowledge, has never done a live stream before. And if they have, it wasn't in recent memory and they didn't even remember it. Um, and Matthias was there with his glass of wine drinking and talking about um, the future of MSFS add-ons. That's not like the standard thing that's going to be appealing to every simmer. There's only a subset of people who actually care about the business side of the community and who really want to learn how this stuff is released. So if you're, you know, looking for the latest top release, or you're looking for preview pictures, that's not what this is about. This is more like, you know, what is one of the top companies and the biggest companies in our industry think about the future of our industry? It's a subset of what people might be interested in. It's not the same as going on Twitch or YouTube, but that's sort of part one. And that's like toward the experienced, mature, serious simmer, you know, maybe some of the folks like you guys who are like, I want to know what Aerosoft is thinking. That's the kind yeah. of thing that we'd like to be able to do. Um, let me, you want to react to that, Ryan? Because I see there's a hashtag trending with letting you speak. So. Oh, no, no, no. So, um, no um, Come on, yeah. there's your chance. So I Go for it. For, for webinars, I think just to, if people don't know what that is, don't want to, just yeah 
say what in the simple what actually is it i know yeah so it's what that is is it's Matthias, who's the product and customer support manager from Aerosoft, doing a presentation like you might see if you're someone who's in school. You know, it's kind of like a lecture from a teacher, right? Yeah. It's it's him giving a PowerPoint presentation on the future of flight simulation. That's different than what you guys do. Yeah. I'm not interviewing yeah, him. I'm not yeah, asking him questions, yeah. right? It's different. Um, it's like what you might see at Flight Sim Expo or at Cosford, where a developer is up on the stage giving a presentation. You know, the audience can ask some questions, but it's not interactive. We're not reading the chat. It's just a sort of a totally new thing, really, in our community. Yes. And what we'd love to be able to do with that, and this is not tomorrow, this is, you know, in a little while from now, um, what I'd love to see is some cross-collaboration. So, like, what if we could have Microsoft, Lockheed, and Laminar come on and talk about the future of Flight Sim? And by the way, we've actually done this at Flight Sim Expo minus Microsoft because they weren't around at the time. What if all three of them could debate the, like the best sim? And if all of them broadcast it on all of their YouTube channels? And if content creators watched that and reacted to it with their following? How cool? I mean, I think that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just seems like a good idea. And, you know... Sorry, Ryan. Go. No, no, good, Karen. Ask me that. So speaking of the future of Flight Sim, before the show, we were talking a bit about where the community is moving and this sort of leads on to the discussion that now everybody wants to hear what we think um so i i remember when i first bought the aerosoft airbus back in 2013 i think it was for fsx and i remember i could push all these buttons for the first time and they worked and then now the fs labs and everything's really really well modeled and before we uh, went live about the trend towards not everything has to be as real anymore do you think that's the sort of direction the community is going in i hope not i think i love the fact that you know we're extra realistic in this community i love the fact that we have that detail maybe there's some parts of that microsoft fan base that are kind of just like i want to fly over my house and so for them you know a mostly their airliner that kind of supports sins and stars is good enough uh and and maybe you know developers are going to say well i just want to chase that money so that's where i'm going to go because that wouldn't be a bad decision for them and hey if it gets us better products because they have more money to spend on stuff like that's cool but i do think there's a lot of people out there i talked to predominantly 95 percent of people i talk to they're all serious simmers they don't want to get into this because they want to fly over their house and msfs they get into this because they want to use it as a training aid and briefly because i don't want to spend too much more time talking about this the other big thing fsa is doing we talked about sort of the aerosoft webinar the main thing that we're doing is working on new simmers so we had about five thousand dollars in captain subscription revenue that we got after the first couple of months we took some of that money small part of it we then spent it on advertising specifically targeted toward new simmers so people who are pilots, student pilots, gamers, but like serious gamers. And we said, hey, come to this webinar and we're going to present to you how to set up a home sim from like step one through to, you know, something decent. And it was uh, like we presented not just like the super expensive thing. I just said, hey, start, download a freaking sim, go spend 30 bucks on a joystick and like get started. That's as complicated as it needs to be. We got about 60 of those people in that webinar who said they're brand new to flight sim. They found us because of our ads. That is the whole point. Take money from the community who want to support us. Take that money, get new simmers, bring them here, show them what's going on, and then show them to you guys or show them to somewhere that gets them really you know, excited about what they're doing. Definitely. Um, just on a more general note, so someone's just put in our, your live chat at the moment, any sim is rubbish without add-ons. <laughs> yeah. And I think I personally think at the moment, yeah, I think Ryan will agree uh, when he was helping me set up my X-Plane 
uh, lot of stuff I had to download. Oh, many, you know, you, you need add-ons. You, you need to talk about reshade, don't I? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> like, we have Sims, which can be look amazing. P3D, people say looks amazing. But they also oh, don't like the fact they have to spend so much yeah. Yeah. on add-ons. And even with X-Plane, add-ons are expensive. Oh, yeah, I, I thought going to X-Plane, I thought I didn't have to, because I was originally, I was the same between P3D and X-Plane. I went to X-Plane because I knew I could probably afford that. You know, it's not as expensive as P3D. I didn't have to buy every airport I flew to because it's good freeways and that. Um, you know, and I realised, you know, I've spent a lot of money in X-Plane. You know, it, it, they're both really expensive. They're both, they're both, I would say they're both, yeah, both really expensive. Um, yeah. So, do you think the direction of Microsoft Flight Simulator is taking us a bit away from that? Because we're already starting to see the price of add-ons drop. We saw that from day one. Do you think slowly but surely we're starting to move away from add-ons being an essential part of the simming experience? Uh, again, I hope not. I mean, FSX was never like that. FSX was, you know, the default version of that is not usable without add-ons. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that you're going to see that really change. You know, will there be part of the community that wants to fly out on Xbox or that just wants to, you know, download it and fly simple? Yeah, I mean, I think there absolutely is that sort of mentality. Lots of people fly Infinite Flight on their tablet. Yeah. Lots of people are probably going to download Aerosoft's new little sort of intro glider simulator thing that they have coming out this week. So there's definitely those people, but I don't think that that sort of hyper-realistic sort of you know let's not use the word study level right but that crowd who wants those things i think that there are always going to be developers out there making stuff for them because the truth is those people are going to spend the country's worth of money like you said right <laughs> you're not going to get someone who downloads flights on the xbox to buy a 80 dollars airliner add-on but you will get someone who's serious about it and i think as long as that market is out there you're going to see developers keep working on it might be that there's a bit of a blip now but i don't think we're going to start seeing you know half-baked airliners that don't have an overhead panel i just don't think people are going to want that so you do you think that uh freeware add-ons might not begin to take the place of payware add-ons like we've seen with the fly by wire A320, what we're going to talk about later is the Aerosoft A320 is now the back of their priority from uh, oh. what they've said. I think these uh, freeware add ons are starting to take the place of some of the add ons we've had to pay for legacy simulators. There might be a component of that. And I mean, we'd all love it if that was the case. You know, what's happened with Working Title is like phenomenal, right? Now they're they're freeware, but they're sort of pay work as they're working for Microsoft. I'd love to see more of that. And obviously, I'd even love it more if in the default sim, you know, you could actually get totally a, a great, you know, default experience. Not sure we're there. I think X-Plane is probably the closest of all those three. I don't know. What do, what do you guys think? It's a good, like, what do you think about that question? So, Sagan, what do you think? What do we the think The question about? was just... Yeah, so good. Uh, what do we think about um, freeware add-ons potentially taking the place? I'm sorry, my dad just came in there, and I was just trying to <laughs> tell him to. Um, freeware, I, I just don't see them. No, there's just they're never going to take the place. I mean, you got MSFS. Come on, I mean the the A320 in the it's just not good. You know, do you think L, uh, X plane on X plane twelve? Gonna... I'd 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 say to that the fly by wire A320 is good, and it's improving rapidly. No, 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 but that's that's not a deep. Remember, that's a that's a solid add-on mod. Yeah, but it's a freeware add-on mod. What were yeah, you saying? I so um, I mean, yeah, but then that's you saying the Zebo is a is a deep. Oh, yeah, would you count the Zebo as a default aircraft? Then I wouldn't. Yeah, I think 
what you're going to see, what the real question, the answer to that question, sorry, is going to be in a year from now, because we're already seeing it. People are going back to work. You know, COVID is kind of hopefully behind us. I think a lot of projects, like part of it is MSFS, but I think a lot of stuff that's happened in the past year has been folks who are off work, working from home, had more time. The question is how much of that is going to stay in the future. What, and I'm not really like, I'm not, a, you know, like a developer and I'm not a payware guy. Like generally I love free stuff. I think it's amazing how much we have that's free in the community. Um, so I don't say this from the perspective of like everyone should spend money, but you know, what makes developers make products is that they make money because if they make enough money, they can do this stuff full time and they can make more products. Like that's just how life works. If we just sort of rely on the freeware stuff, I just wonder, and I hope that it's not the case, but I wonder, you know, will fly by wire be as big as it is? Will there be so many contributors in a year when folks are going back to work a little bit? Again, I hope they are because they've done amazing stuff for that airplane. And finally, one last question because Archie is uh, intrigued by it in the chat. Uh, what shirt is that? What airport is that on the shirt? <laughs> it is indeed Boston. Yeah, you can see it up there. Yep, it's Boston. I think. Well, for one final question, what's Ooh. the future? future? Sorry, the the future, the future of flight sim association. What's the future of flight sim association? Yes. How far out in the future do you want me to go? Um, well, I'm I think saying, like, what are you? What is your plan for the future? It's yeah, like. I, I think there's a lot of potential for an organization like this, but I really think we're at an inflection point now where it's going to come down to the community. This is not my project. This is not a project that we want to sort of force upon people. It's what are people going to find interesting. Uh, for me, what I'd like to do in the next sort of six to 10 months is try to build something like that big kind of cross community, whether it's content creators on a panel discussion, whether it's add-on developers on a panel discussion, some kind of really big thing and see if people are interested in that. And hey, you know, maybe they will be, maybe they won't be. I'd love to get some more developers on board. And then the biggest thing is I'd love to just work with that new simmer group so again we do a lot of stuff on the sort of real world aviation side um I, you might be surprised to know like there's companies out there that charge 80 dollars an hour to do consultations with people for building a flight sim and you might be thinking that's crazy like why would anyone pay that but you know what it's a great service if you're someone who's a pilot who doesn't want to deal with all this stuff like think about how much time you spent helping you were just talking about it right how helping him put X-Plane add-ons yeah, like, How long did that take? It, it took, I mean, for me, when I first got X-Plane, it took, it, you know, it took ages for me to download all the, li you know, libraries, all the, all the, the stuff, the stuff you need to start X-Plane. You know, that's just the basics of all the, because on X-Plane, you have, like, the freeware series that, like, people, you know, people in the community make in the forums. Um, you need, like, libraries, like, to download these. And there's, there's, you know, there's so many of them to download. It takes ages. There's, you know, you've got reshade and all that. It's, yeah, yeah, and that's just, like, that's add-ons. Never mind buying a computer, buying a yoke, yeah. setting all those things oh, yeah. up. For some people who aren't technical, like that's a you know, there's lots of people who don't own a computer anymore because like why do, you don't need to like if you have a gaming console or your TV can run Netflix like yeah. you know, lots of people, like right you have maybe you have a laptop maybe you have a tablet like that's you know the idea to someone like we I talk to people and I'm like you know you probably need to buy a desktop and they're like I do I'm like well yeah you know, I, I saw I saw I had a laptop on, up until last year and then I got this PC I obviously got this PC because of flight sim but laptop I was on FSX um. You know, it was just not surviving. You know, it's not survivable. We weren't like, surviving running flying sim until a few weeks ago when you got your RAM upgrade. Oh, yeah. Okay, that was a whole PC. That, that helped up the whole PC. Um, but, like, you know, on that PC, like, that, I mean, it's not even, like, an amazing PC, but it's cost, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pounds. You know, and then, oh, yeah, just the amount of stuff I spent, spent on flight sim. You know, I recently got a new, you know, yoke and all that. So, yeah. I don't wish to look at my bank account to see how much I spent on flight
Oh, it is, it is, I, I, it is traumatic. Explain the org store. I do not like seeing my orders. <laughs> well, I've been in P3D, so... <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, you're even worse. It's interesting. So, well, I think... And you think about it, just if it helps you, the average, according to Navigram, is about 400 bucks a year that, that on a median basis people spend. So if you're around there, you're doing fine. Oh, I am above that. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't say, but maybe, maybe in the last five months, I've doubled that. Um, <laughs> and so, that's yeah. just that's just on like in sim stuff but i will tell I mean. you what um evan i threw the gauntlet out to you i said come on prove your point and i think you have won me over oh and uh i think one thing i know marketing can be hard and sometimes you get the wrong message out um and i know you said it was off the cuff and to be honest I think in the context of the hype we have in our community um, and the ability of our community as well, as we are going to discuss in a moment with Captain, we are there, guys. Do not worry. Um, it often comes down to perception rather than what the product is. And ultimately, what I, I, what I like to see is that you guys have came out and admitted you made a mistake is sometimes what we don't see a lot of community. Um, and guys have actively worked to improve what you're offering. Now, uh, a company that isn't necessarily uh, having a good PR week is Captain Sim. Uh, hmm. yeah. So Captain Sim this week released a new Boeing 777-200. Well, Ryan, do you want to sum up this 777? Well, and um, it's it's terrible, you know. It's if my, if my, no, it's not. It's um, it's a seven four. It's the default seven four seven. You know, it's the MS face default. So it's, I, they, they, obviously they don't care. They don't. They base. They make it. Captain Sim are making it for the kind of new people on fight sim. You know, they know these people in MS face, the new people to fight sim, they know they'll buy that. It's 30 bucks, you know, they'll buy that. It's a triple seven, they'll buy that. Um, so, so what I found quite interesting is this morning I woke up, I went in Ian Kenko's Discord, and I saw Captain Scam triple seven. I saw that, I saw that. Painted <laughs> on to, painted on to the um, Team DG, I think it was, conveniently. But it wasn't on flightsim.to, right? Oh, it's it's PMDG livery. Oh, yeah. It's fine. Am I jumping your head? Okay. No, there was a bad joke about Captain Sim. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. Well, yeah, they've done that as well. They've had a go about livery making. So, I think the first just... thing is this triple seven is not a triple seven. It just looks like triple seven. They've have you seen the pictures for it? They've it's. They've half the kind of displays. It's a seven four seven. You know, they, someone asked, well, like, why is it not a seven eight seven? Why are they not based on seven eight seven systems? Because obviously that's a pre. Like, you know, you get to get MSFS. Is it premium? I think premium deluxe. Yeah, yeah premium deluxe. Obviously, they're not going to base it off that. They're going to base it off seven four seven, which everyone will have. Uh, it's just, it's, they're, they're, they're getting so much money out of this. You know, they know they're going to. They don't care. I don't think Captain Sim do not care about what people think about it. You know, they'll get and give money. Evan, would you buy that triple seven? I'm just gonna throw. I'm gonna throw that out there. 
Come on. Come on. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think that it's, I think for me, if I was looking for an airplane, I'm more of the sort of realistic, you know, I'm not going to use the term study level. I guess I can't, apparently I can't say that anymore, but um, you know, I'm more of the realistic person. I'd like to see systems modeled. I'd like to see an airplane yeah. that, you know, could be as close as possible to flying in real life. Cause I am an airline pilot. I have used the simulator in my training to fly at the airlines. I want something that is as close as possible. I want SIDS and stars. I want FMS. I want overhead for me. That's what I'm looking for. And but I think I think um, I think Ryan sort of hit it, and Archie was saying it in the chat as well. They are playing somewhat on the naivety of people who are not necessarily there. They do state on their website, to their credit, they do state on their website that this is not a Boeing triple seven model. I know, but they, you have to it do just that. looks like it. They, they... They, they, they want, they're doing it because they know that these new flight simulators, they will buy this. They'll see, oh yeah, cool, triple seven for MS face, you know, thirty dollars. I'm buying that, you know. And then they go and they don't realize, you know, they've not flown X plane P3D. These people, you know, they won't know what kind of good aircraft are. Yeah, I think the thing is, um, and conveniently, uh, Laney's just put it in the chat. <laughs> I swear the chat is just like an auto queue at this point. It's great, but. Um, Developers have a lot of trust put in them by the community. They are trusted to generally do the right thing. We may moan about the prices of products. I know I sat here and confidently said the PMDG Triple Seven is overpriced for the 200R yeah, yeah, expansion. I remember that. Um, I if I had a hat, I'd bite it right now because PMDG at least modelled a new plane. They at least went to the effort to try and make it like the plane and as well the massive massive market that msfs has available it looks i can't couldn't tell from the scale of the graph uh, on the presentation from aerosoft but it's surely at least a hundred times market as a ballpark figure much bigger market yeah, just just to be clear, that graph from Microsoft. So that that's their estimates of you know what they think sales are. I mean, it, it's it's what I think. If I was to draw a graph, that's what it would look like too. So um, that is their estimates. It's not you know exact sales numbers, but they know their stuff. I think they have a pretty good sense as to what it is. You know, I, I am of two minds on a lot of these issues. Like I really do go back to you know, hey, if everyone else is buying stuff, and if people are putting that evergreen ship that blocked the Suez Canal and Microsoft flights them as a free download, you know, if someone wants to fly something that looks like a triple seven, I mean, I saw comments that were like, "This is great for me. I don't care about the systems. I just want the thing that looks like a triple seven. I don't know, like, yes. like, like they can buy it if they want. I'm doesn't really, you know, I, I don't think of a new simmer as like so naive necessarily that they don't know there's other stuff out there. I do think that they're probably like informed enough to know that if they wanted something they could find it part of the challenge is there just isn't that for microsoft flights in right now but even back in the days of fsx p3d where you typically knew you had to pay for plane if you wanted it any better than default the project open sky stuff for example like you get a model for bone triple seven and it would be free and i think back the captain sim who have been around like some community through all these stages they have been around i i believe since the early 2000s at least i'm probably earlier i need to double check the date but the fact they've been allowed around for so long and as laney said in chat they have a reputation they're not my first choice i don't own any captains in products but bogan tell me hand on heart how much he loves the 767 yeah 
I think they do. They they do have good seven six seven five. Not too sure, but it's triple seven. People say. I think the triple seven is like obviously not as good version as the PMDG one. If I have P3D, but but like they have yeah. a reputation and they have yeah. single handedly destroyed it with a lot of the legacy I community. I think. Yeah, I think those are the most. You know, about the new they they made a what was it seven three three? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. They, which got some interesting responses as well because I think looking at it, it it's not. Even I think that Ian good. said it was just a reskin. Yes, he 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 got that. Um, and it, yeah, it, it didn't look complete. It wasn't a complete plane, and I think that's when it started. Like that, I thought that was a bit dodgy. You know, that ruined. It was nothing like the, from seven five seven six that they've done before. So like we have seen, like not every developer is going to keep up their prestige forever. Like. Not like saying that FS Labs in twenty years' time will be the top dog of development. I think nobody would say that. I think certainly since I've been around, Evan will probably say the same. Just see changes. New developers come along, developers go. But I think single-handedly in one move, Captain Sim, which was respected by the legacy community, like they're not you go to quality plane, but they have a good model. They have an okay model. And they have okay systems, and they're known for those planes. And yes, it could be argued they have publicly stated it that that it is a Boeing seven four seven. At least they've done that, and it might just be covering covering themselves up, or it might just be Laney literally. <laughs> Get the same. It's great. It's great. I, I, I don't understand why it, are they. I, I was my, reading my, my notes question. for this, and I was seeing quality yeah. over quantity. That is it. They have the, yeah. They have put themselves in the situation where they might actually just be saying, "We're not going to bother making brand new models anymore." I think I was reading on the Discord. So, um, obviously, Discord rumors don't take as a. I, I take with a pinch of salt, but. That the Captain Sim team, I believe, has shrank in recent years. What I understand. Because yeah, they I used think. to be well known for 707. I think this is more... Evan, do you know much about this? No, you know, we haven't had them out to the show uh, in the past, and uh, so I, I can't really talk to it. I will say that, you know, I did send them a quick email uh, earlier today just to see if maybe they wanted to participate. And that's that's one of the things that, you know, I, I think we talked to early, early in the show, right? Like let's give them uh, the opportunity to talk about this if they want to. And if they choose that they don't want to, like, fair enough. Um, one of the things that I love to just say is, like, so often I'll talk to somebody and I'll just be like, oh, you know, I didn't see that side of things. I didn't see their perspective. That You know, a lot of these people that are in flight sim, it, it may surprise you to know where they come from, what their backgrounds are. We have a lot of really, really smart people that may have left like six, seven figure jobs to be in flight sim and they're doing extremely well for themselves. So I'm not saying that's the situation. Um, I'm just going to tell you, I, I can't give you an opinion. I'm not going to uh, you know, speculate on what it is. Uh, I did try to reach out to them just a few hours ago. They didn't get back to me. So, you know, fair enough, but at least we tried. To be fair, uh, I think Captain Tim are the only other organization I have also flown the friend Gordon and Tao to on the podcast and said, come on, explain the 737 Classic. But this is now the second low-quality aircraft that it's, they've released in a row. I wouldn't even call it low-quality. It's just... And, and does it, it's, not, it's a new model. And, like, that could be something that could be done on flightsim.to. 
we all know uh, now um, Captain Tim's opinion on Sim.to. Well, Bogan, sorry, not Bogan. Ryan, do you want to take us? Do you want to take us through that very briefly while I just find stuff myself? I didn't. I'm not too much doing about this, but some I could actually just bring up the um. What was it? The it's, I put it in the notes. I'm just trying to find it myself. Okay, yeah, I, I, I downloaded it. I don't remember that. Um, oh. yeah. So all three levels for the triple seven must be published via. No one is allowed to publish the triple seven captain three levels elsewhere. Is this it? Yeah. I found it now. So, yeah. so FlightSim.ta, if you didn't already know, but I think everyone in the community knows who FlightSim.ta are at this point. They are a source of uh, downloading freeware add-ons. So liveries, uh, airports, that really nice garbage I have for MSFS is from FlightSim.ta. 10,000 add-ons. So Captain Sim launcher planes, and like, I believe you can get PMDG liveries, you can get every, for all the Sims, everything is on FlightSim.ta. Uh, Captain Sim then sent a takedown request, prohibiting, and in their words, this is prohibiting us from hosting user generated content with a Boeing 777 200ER. They then point to their licenses, terms, and conditions to justify this, saying that all free liveries must be published via ACE and they can't be published elsewhere. And they, they are now claiming ownership of liveries from other products. I think, personally, for me, that's a big ethical no-no. Yeah. Did they get? Did they write to all the airlines? They uh, on this point, Q's been jotted out again and again and again. But it's true. Did they write to all the airlines they have logos for that they put on their default liveries? No, 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 they wouldn't. They write to them if they if they have a freeware livery they put in their A store. They they get in contact with the people who own the copyright. No. They're claiming pro- they are claiming co- they are claiming yeah. ownership. Can't yeah. yeah. They are like they they are claiming this is where I think they've really shot themselves in the foot. And as I was speaking to Evan about this earlier, when you have a backlash they did have from uh, the triple seven. And I know Evan said he's reached out, but there's only really one or two ways, like the flight sim community will always be a very reactive community in the sense that we're not like big games. We don't have everyone on the side. We have a wide range of people not solely focused on one thing. But when something outrages us, <laughs> hear about it. Like, whether, although I certainly after tonight, I think the criticism of FSA was more because of overhype than rather because of a genuine issue with the product. They at least listened to the criticism. Um, and I honestly think it was rather ironic that the news broke the week we decided to bring you guys on. Because you guys did show how to deal with a backlash. You listened and then you actually... And this was a product that, in the grand scheme of things, for Flight Sim, isn't that expensive. They've released an add-on and now they're, they are stopping people from enhancing out even PMDG who are known for having really strict licensing conditions like you can't modify their VC even theirs isn't that strict and they are threatening legal action I think this says a lot of the direction of the company in the future and is how many buyer bewares have you seen on discord recently 
about the captain sim? Ryan. Uh, yeah, everywhere. Uh, like, it's absolutely, yeah. World I, Cup. Yeah, jeez. There was. I, I, what, what day was this again? Was this. Was it, was it Friday? I think it was. Was it yesterday? Two days ago. Oh, yeah, it was Friday, I think. And yeah. everyone's just going crazy about it, you know. It's just crazy. I've just seen someone said that they think. I think who was it? Ellis has said to me that they think that this triple seven model is just imported. They've just ported it from P3D to to um, MSFS. And it's not like this is, is a new thing. Like we have seen developers port stuff over before. I know that just proves in that the whole the whole plane is just they've not done anything to it. You know, <laughs> they've just ported it over and then. Added the system to it. Bogan makes a good point about saying what's the difference between flightsim.to and what's the difference between any builds yeah. doing it. I think, yes, any builds do quality check their stuff. Any builds aren't faultless, Mr. Lee, they check it. See, I've paid for a plane. Why should I have to? Why should people not be able to help me enhance my flying experience? It goes against a lot of the ethos of the community like we are we are in a community that wants to work together we we are a community that doesn't get a lot of fish thrown at us uh, to make things better and then we're not even allowed we get to, well getting told off making liveries for planes i'm honestly um i tell you what i hope they haven't uh released that uh, captain scam boeing triple seven via ace yet And you know, I'll give uh, you know, I may give the the opposing perspective just because I'm sure some people are thinking. And I, I saw a couple of comments, uh, you know, around the like the triple seven model, saying this is great. Like I love this. Um, th you know, they may be smarter than all of us, right? Maybe they've lashed onto something and they're like, no, there's a big crowd in Microsoft Flight Sim who loves this stuff, and they may well have a good reason for this. So I have no, I don't know them at all. I don't know if you guys know them. Um, and again, I've we've seen sort some of tried. Of to... I have seen some of these to be fair. Yeah. But then I've realized a lot of people have been introduced. So like Chewy, for example, Matt. He introduced a lot of people to Captain Tim. He will find their products. He used to find their products at release. He he gave them a shot. Yeah. So, I don't know. They don't, maybe they're smarter than all of us, and they're going to walk away with, uh, you know, they can just dry their tears with $20 bills at the end of the year when, when they're selling well. I, you know, I don't know. And, hey, look, if people buy it, right, and if that's what, you know, some people in the community want, like, that's fine. I really don't think we're at risk of losing FS Labs or losing PMDG to that. Uh, that would be a real shame. You know, if there's like no study level add-ons anymore, if there's no realistic planes, that would suck. I don't think that's what this is, you know, an indication of just yet. And again, it, it comes back to me. Like, I really, truly believe there are people out there who are happy to pay $100 plus for like an airplane that's really well modeled. Yeah. We've seen that time yeah. and time again. As long as you people are out there and as long as you keep buying, developers are going to keep making them. Yeah, I, yeah. But surely one of the things I think, speaking as a content creator, creator here a bit as well, um, I know how developers want to see their products shown positively. And the reaction I have seen is near universally negative. Like there are people who enjoy the model and that is admittedly true. But I feel like what they've done through this is they've they burned a lot of credibility with the release of the product in the first place then kicking off like they have with deliveries and i don't believe there's been much of a fuss with captain sim deliveries before 
only this time there has actually been backlash from Captain Sim, if you will, about people publishing liveries elsewhere. Uh, I'm just looking at Matt's tweet at the moment. A perfectly ex- perfect example of how out of touch this company is with the community. That he wouldn't be giving a penny or another second free advertisement uh, to Captain Sim. Now, I've known Matt for a while. I know he's a fair guy and he'll give people a chance. But the, re- the murmurs I've been hearing is people fed up. And a lot of... While they will be on the Microsoft Store, PMDG will ultimately probably be on the Microsoft Store at some point. Proper quality aircraft. Like we do, as you were saying earlier in the show, there is a shortage of add-ons for aircraft at the moment. But when those came along, like I said, I'm saying even Jiraiya, who, uh, who I, who has, I've planes I would never dare to fly. And uh, he managed just to make them work. He gave up with this 777. I think it's interesting to see, and I'll be interesting to see how they dig themselves out of the hole, because I think, personally, they put a JCB there, and they've, they can't turn it off. I think it's time we probably move on to our next discussion, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Uh, I guess, and I'll just sorry if yeah. I can, can I just say one more thing, which is this: yeah, th- this is the role that you guys though play that's so important in the community. Like you, content creators, maybe FSA to some extent. Like our job as as a collective of sort of flight sim content creators and news people is to help spread that message, right? So you know, part of the I don't know what the Microsoft Store is going to do. Are they going to do any kind of like this is realistic, this is not realistic? I don't know. That would be great if they did, but that's what we can help, right? We can say to people, hey guys, you know, this is one thing that that you've seen, but here's what an actual triple seven that might be a little bit more realistic would look like as well and i think that's the role that we all play is educating everyone and i've just you know we've seen it we've seen it like how many times have you seen somebody come in when i started at fsx i didn't know that you could actually hook the autopilot up to the gps i was fiddling with the heading bug trying to stay on the magenta line i was was saying remember that yeah yeah and there was no youtube really back then there was no twitch back then like i was on my own xp machine it was yeah (laughs) I I was I've been flight simming for years and years. I guess it's at FSX, so, um, and it's not until like start of twenty twenty or end of twenty twenty till I kind of start to watch your Twitch, you know, start to watch start start watching like you know flight some communities, get involved, and I really I learned so much stuff, you know, what's good, what's bad, you yeah. know, it's see what see what it was good also to like, you know, it's good for people to same kind of you know, there's no one I could talk to that really had the same interest in me, knew flight some of that. And then the, the stuff they said and, you know, what good, you know, it, it's good to get, you know, what their opinions on and stuff are. Yeah. I think it's, it's, if I, if I hadn't started watching Twitch and all that stuff, I would have not, you know, I, there's planes I would have bought. I wouldn't, yeah, stuff like that. I think, uh, Laney's also got on this on the chat. This wasn't in my notes to be fair. So, uh, but Captain will make money from this. That's a given. There will be customers yeah. who don't log onto Facebook, Reddit. This is true. They've people, got, they, they've got, I reckon they've got thousands already. Like, yeah. a few thousands from... People from, just see, Triple yeah. Seven, I've seen that before. I want to fly it, and I will yeah. buy it. Yeah, it's just a shame. It, it's, yeah, it, it's just, you're just wasting, you know, you, yeah. It's just the same, it has gone the way it has. Wait, I've got a question. Does, does this, does the Captain Seven Triple Seven, does that go on the Microsoft 
Like some I store. believe it is in the store. Oh, I can't God remember. Sick. Oh, that's just gonna. Oh, I mean, having the store in game, sorry, in sim, sorry, um, it's it's a interesting kind of thing on its own, but that people are just gonna see that and just buy it, you know. I think I think yeah. we're gonna put a Reddit discussion up later. If you guys haven't already followed the Flights and Weekly subreddit, r slash Flights and Weekly, we are gonna start using it properly. I promise. I have free time to set it up. <laughs> So uh, as well, we've we have sort of been messing around with how things look this week. Uh, if you're watching live on the show, it's got a little bit of a new look. I really like this new split screen view. It looks so much nicer than what we had before. Yeah, it isn't in the store. That's good. Oh, it's in the store. That's good. Thing. That's good because I reckon if it wasn't the store, more people would buy it. More people would go into the store. Oh, thirty dollars. Boom. I'm, I've got that. You know, trouble seven. Boom. That's mine. Don't realize. Don't look at the reviews. Yeah. So, but you know what? If, but if they do that, and then they discover that actually there's a more realistic triple seven or whatever yeah. from you know somewhere else, that can only help us. Like I, I actually do believe that the rising tide lifts all boats, and what Microsoft has done. I mean, look at what Microsoft has done in our community. Whether you love that sim or you hate that sim, you can't deny that it spurred everyone to get back into simulation. It yeah. spurred so much other activity. I got back right? to it because of MSFS. I there's so many people like yeah. that. Yeah. I, I actually was when I was doing a new PC. I was the main kind of reason was because Microsoft likes sim, and obviously. How many PCs have been built around the spec list of Microsoft getting recommended specs? You can search up, you know, PCs for Microsoft Flight Sim. You know, they've got some specially built just because they're good for that, you know. I think it's time we move on. And today, next, we're going to talk about someone who has already developed for Microsoft Flight Sim. They've already released the CRJ. I'm tempted to get soon, you know. Um... I'm I'm slowly leaning to getting the CRJ. That's something for another time. It's quite interesting. To, um, yeah. Aerosoft though have talked they they talked uh, about the other day and Evan clarified this to me this to me before we went live, which is very, very thankful. So Aerosoft have been talking about their priorities and what they're going to develop. And so the first is going to be the nine hundred one thousand, I believe, the CRJ. Then That's followed the by the said to me yeah, yesterday. Uh, then the A330 and then the A320. What we're talking about is um, whether the uh, why the A320, which for the longest time has been one of Aerosoft's biggest products, like certainly before the FS Labs came along. How long has that A320 been out for in some form or another? Because I think it's... Oh, yeah, that was... It was 2011. Oh, Jesus. That, uh, the Aerosoft first release in A320. Uh, it certainly got me into payware add-ons. I think that was everyone's... I think that was a lot of people's first kind of aircraft, I'm pretty sure. On FSX and P3D V3, V2. Those were the days. Evan, out of interest, what was your first uh, payware aircraft? I... Oh, man, I don't, I don't remember. I don't think it was the NGX... But that's the one I remember because I've like just loved it so much. And I'm talking about the original FSX version, of course. I don't remember what the first airplane I ever bought was. I'll, if I think about it, I'll let you know. I have no idea. So the key, the, one of the key things is, though, that Aerosoft have now publicly said they are going to be developing their first Airbus for MSFS, will be the A330 instead of the A320. And you're sort of discussing, is this sort of a missing defeat to fly by wire? So Fly-By-Wire came on the show a few weeks ago and they said publicly, we want to be FS Labs level quality. We want to beat them. 
mm-hmm. wouldn't be great. And obviously, Aerosoft, I think it. I think they even they would say it themselves. They're not aiming for that section of the market. They don't aim for that the high end section. Like the S-Libs, you have everything pretty much. Like um, like the Charlotte's, the backup speed scale. I think is one of the things I noticed. Katie, uh, Katie Pilot, who appears on the podcast a few times, mentioned it. And a few weeks later, it was implemented in the Sharklets. They implement those little niche things. I think it's fair to say Aerosoft don't do that. They, they think back when they launched the A320, they publicly said that they, um, they're not going for ultra-realistic. They said they're going to make a plane that flies, not going to bother with all the failures, if you will. And it's a, I sort of just wanted to foster up a little bit of a discussion. What, why has the A320, which has been a staple for so long, uh, been sidelined by Aerosoft? Do you guys have any thoughts? I'm not too the person to ask. No, I'm not, no. Explain. Yes, explain. Are developing for MSFS? Oh, that's not even, no. They'll, right now, Taurus are going for the 340, which I'm so excited for, and I know like they're going to make a good job of that, and I'm going to get by that, yeah. So, um, in the chat, uh, Laney's saying about they're not Aerosoft quality yet. Uh, I think they're working towards it, though. And once, I think... LNAV is the knot they have to crack. Evan, what do you think about this? Oh, well, uh, you know, I'm not going to speak for the developers. My answer would be, you know, you should have asked Matthias that question yesterday during our <laughs> webinar. Um, and, I, you know, that would be my answer. And that's that's always my go-to. Like, I, like, I'm not a content creator, right? Like, so you guys can give your opinion. I really can't do that. Like, I'm, I'm more sort of someone who just tries to bring everyone together. So, like, if someone's wondering that, Matthias is on the Aerosoft forums, go ask him. I mean, he'll probably answer you. I think, He's I think uh, super active to... there. That's my guess. If you really want, like, uh, you know, a thought from me, and I can just speak generally, I can't think, you know, I can't speak to what is Aerosoft thing. Thinking, but yeah. I can say, what would I do in their position? Okay, yeah, that's there's what, a free that's thing out there, for. and it's super popular, and it's got a lot of views on YouTube. There's another developer out there who's already making an A320 for P3D that's super good. There's another one that makes an A320 for X-Plane that's super good, and either of those could potentially be ported. So if it were me, and I'm looking at all that competition, I'm going to say, well, maybe I should focus on something that really nobody else has done that is also kind of close to another airplane that I just did quite successfully, and I'm going to do that first. That, if that were me, that's probably what I'd I think. Do. I think you've hit the nail straight on the head. It's, there is a lot of competition in the A320 market almost at this oh. point, which is surprising yeah. considering the A320 is a difficult plane to model. But it's such a ubiquitous airplane, though. Like it's it's like the seven thirty seven. Like you know, pure, there's yeah. gonna be people who will buy. You know, if there's four or five or ten versions, there's gonna be people who will buy them because that's a great airplane. It's so versatile, you can do anything with it. I think. My, go on. My point is, why is um? Oh, I'll say an X plane. Um, why they've got there's a flight fighter three twenty right, and I think I just don't understand why flight fighter. Obviously, I don't know if you know, but they've made like they've made the seven. Well, they've been right, seven, five, seven, yeah. But then they decided to move and create an A320, which people have different opinions on it. And I just don't understand why there's not another developer coming in. Like, I don't understand why Tor is not making one. I mean, yeah, they're concentrating on A340, but why they're not making, you know, 
if you go from the Taurus A319 to the Taurus A to the Fight Fighter Type 20, they're so they're, they're two di- completely different. They, even though they're like the same in an Airbus, they just seem completely different. I don't different. think X Plane or MSFS for a while are going to see the standardization that we've seen with the FS Labs. No, no, no. Flight no. models are reflective. Well, or, I, I, and but, I don't think Flight Fighters are going to update the. The, 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 the updates are really not that good, no. I mean, I think Katie was telling me about V1 in-op being a feature on the um, on the uh, flight factor. It doesn't well, it was... actually exist in the real plane. Yeah, there's a few things as well that I've noticed that... I know I'm not like a real-life pilot, but like I've noticed in the Fight for the 20s, the things I can do that I'm not meant to do, it's just not real, you know? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, they, they make Boeing aircraft fight fighter so i don't i don't know <laughs> i don't know i think generally that's sort of one of the things i'm going to get rid of that headline because it's misleading on the stream <laughs> uh i think you guys in the chat have got some pre- brilliant comments about this and again we're going to put a discussion about this on the subreddit uh if you guys are watching on the podcast again r slash fights and weekly we're gonna we want to hear what you guys think because we want to make sure that you guys are going to have an opinion we're hopefully going to be inviting we've hopefully got tfdi designs coming on next week to speak to us about their planes. Josh or Colin? Uh, it's Josh, hopefully. Nice. Uh, I need, to, I need to, that reminds me, I do need to email Josh back about that again. <laughs> uh, I love those guys. They've been really supportive honestly, of us. Honestly, uh, I, I, I met Josh through Vatsim and honestly, he's one of the most chill lads you will ever meet. Yeah. Uh, so in the chat though, you guys have got some great comments about, uh, they do have a really good fly-by-wire implementation. LNAV, VNAV is definitely something that needs to come soon. Uh, they are working on that, though. I think there is, the thing is, there may not be the energy to keep it going forever. And I think Laney, Laney has become an analyst with all these views, honestly, because I'm just, I'm just agreeing with them constantly. Uh, Tino Sars going on about driving up competition. I think definitely. The more competition, there's, there's the thing. So, like, before the stream, we were discussing light beam and... Uh, I know how much we want to say, I say, I want someone else other than Aerosoft to make Heathrow. I want to see a new Heathrow for P3D. Um, I want to see a new one. That's, not, but... that's not because the Aerosoft one is the worst one, but I think there are other developers who could do it better, do it justice. Um, I think composition to some extent works a lot. But at the same time, you don't want it to become too competitive. Like, if we had five versions of a Heathrow, is my example, then I could be saying, I want to go and fly to Boston. I, oh, I had to stop myself going into an accident. Embarrassing. <laughs> but um, if I want to fly to Boston, but nobody made a Boston, and then that would be like, oh, why is nobody making Boston? Boston's a great airport. Because they're all too busy making Heathrow. I think you've got to find a balance. Yeah, yeah. Of which is actually the best way to go. I think we've just got one more thing, really. Actually, there's two more things we've got to talk about today. Firstly, it's the PMDG triple seven. Sorry, not the triple seven. DC uh, feels so weird talking about playing on the podcast. It isn't the triple seven. PMDG did do a release the other day about... Uh, Evan's got the link up as well, I think. Want me to just drop it over really quickly? Me? Uh, no, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so... I was just looking to see how many subscribers they had on YouTube after like two days. <laughs> so yeah, firstly, PMDG have launched a YouTube, YouTube channel. 
a YouTube channel. Um, there's the thread. And pretty cool stuff. Like, Robert has, for as long as I've been a part of Lights and Robert's communicated through this forum post, which worships. I've never heard his voice before. Weird. He was at Expo. I met him. I, I, cool need to come, I need to come across the pond to Expo at some point, honestly. You do. He gave, uh, well, that was when he announced Global Flight Operations, and so we can talk about that if we want to. And in terms of that, that I, I got compared to that with the whole uh, something big is coming. But uh, he gave a really, really cool presentation. I mean, in terms of someone who speaks really well and like is just totally like a professional guy, I mean, it was really fun to watch. So uh, the DC-6 is coming soon. Um, Jorg is saying in chat, save your money from Don't Buy the Captain Sim, but save it for the uh, DC-6. Yeah. It's interesting how we went from a few weeks ago where everyone was saying, don't buy the 777, it's a waste of money. Now, save your money, buy the DC-6. It's interesting to see how things change. But the DC-6 is looking like it's going to be PMDG's first aircraft to be introduced. They've also talked about a lot of other things I'm noticing that I we have waffled on quite a bit today. Good. Uh, at the same time, I realise my dad wants me to go and cook dinner. Uh, they're also going to be updating LNAV, flight directors and navigator. They said that's finally reaching beta testing. I have an issue with MDG's LNAV. Certainly better than a lot of things. But I think it's to do with more modern features, I believe the issue is. Um, global flight operations might be finally coming soon. I wonder. Now it's in what 2018, 2018 in Vegas, and it was the by far the most popular presentation that we had there. Um, and it, it it's been so drawn out. I almost remember. I don't think the F, the FS Labs went out for a while when it was coming. Like, it wasn't the quickest to be developed, the FS Lab. Oh, it's it like Global Flight Operations, I think, has the potential. Once it comes out, really change stuff. It'd be interesting to see. I would love to see, like Evan says about collaboration, if I could load my FS Labs up and use Global Flight Operations, think, my aircraft, another BAA320, for example. I am a BA loyalist. <laughs> If I could do that, that would be amazing. I really would like to see that level of cross-collaboration. I think it's something a lot of community well. How much for paying with the DC sit? Yeah. That's slow. Well, no, it's just... It's, imagine seeing lots of DC6 fine rounds, you know. It's... Make Keyframe a more interesting place. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> We're used to it at Boston. We get a lot of slow and slow stuff. We have Cape Air, which is like a twin engine sort of commuter operation that comes in and out of there. So fortunately, we're used to it and we kind of have the runways for it. I can't imagine what Heathrow would be like. Heathrow, we don't. No, you do not. You we, do not. We, we so much on runways, but they really yep. are suited to doing one thing, and that is 160 till 4. Yep. <laughs> uh, so the key thing is, though, PMDG are going to be here with some products for MSFS soon. Uh, June is that ETA they put out, end of June, ETA. So I think that's close, and it'll be interesting to see what a PMDG product is going to be like in Microsoft. And last but not least, well, Ryan. Yes. 
know we were talking about the other day planes being hyped. Yes. Plane has been cancelled this time. <laughs> it was the seventh. What was it? The seventh three seven seven three seven. Yep. So DGN has DGN is a developer that was working on the seven three seven classic for P three D and Microsoft Flight Simulator. Uh, it's been covered a lot by FS Elite, which is why I, I sort of got to know of it, but. I think it's been cancelled now, and I think it links back to the thing that see a lot of planes promise, see the Earth being promised, and then we never see the end result. A lot of planes, because it is easy to create a model. I think every developer we've had on has said, create a model. What's hard is to make it actually work. Yeah, that's that's I mean, yeah. I mean, How many A380s have been promised in? In around in do we, do we the same community ever. Matt Davis, what was it, Matt Davis A380? I think, I yeah, think I, there's I, been I think a, that's enough for <laughs> I think there's been at least three A380s promised, plus the currency we've got on the go. What was the other, what was the other ones? It was obviously... There's the next level simulation. Do you yeah. think there's a particular reason that there's a dropout in some aircraft development? Don't, I think the 380 is often because it's a hard aircraft to develop. Oh, it's a big, it's, you know, I know, uh, what was, who was just a big plane, it's a big task to develop. You, you were, I think when you were talking to any builds, you know, they're just saying it is, you know, no no developer has managed to create a good, like, A3. I think there's Peter, Pete, what's it called, the Peter Haggins, or whatever, A3, A3, for explained $60 and it's, it's crap, that's what I can say. Um, but the A380, no one's, so there, there's no one's properly made a good model for it, or like a good, Playing, what should I say, model, good playing for it. So there's nothing to kind of, how do I say, it? there's nothing to start with. Like, if people, I, I don't know. But anyway, it's a big aircraft, you know, it's a double There's deck. no real base, there's no really idea of yeah, how much of a challenge it will exactly. be. That's that, yeah, like when you're, when the 320 and that, like, if I saw, when they started doing the 320, obviously they, they know that the Airsoft 320 was there. They know that they can kind of build off that, if you know what I mean. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Evan, what do you yep. think about the A380? I think it's annoying to put it ten put planes ten miles behind it on final on that. <laughs> That's what I think. With our reduced separation, it's even then it's still pain. I want to fly an A380, like uh, just on fights. I think that's that'd be the. I'm just the... worried because Heathrow will be full of them. Oh no, and... but it's good, good. You know, I mean, apart from like the, no, the what's it called, the wingtip. Miles of separation between them. Oh, but it'd be so fun to just fire like a long haul on it. Oh, it's just oh, it'd be so good. Yeah. Uh, it is kind of funny at Boston. There's only certain runways and certain taxiways we can take it on. Yeah, so that does make it. It does make it interesting, you know. It's like it's, well, it's, actually, it those who watch my sorry, sorry, I was gonna say that's actually very much true in real life. We've been to uh, the the Boston Tracon in real life, and on their sort of situational map where they look out like 500 miles away, the A380 is actually a special color because it's like so much extra coordination and effort to deal with that airplane that like everyone looks and they're like, uh oh, there comes the big red A380. It's just kind of fun. So it's a pain in real life too. Uh, I know certainly from controlling. If anyone's watched my streams on Heathrow, they will know that. So we have those yellow lines. Those are our code yeah. F. Uh, taxiways where we can send a 380 we have a lot of them other airports don't that is uh, it's certainly a challenge and I wouldn't look forward to it you know so you want to see 60,000 a 380 screen <laughs> yeah, oh god yeah Pier 6 would love that 
Uh, I think going back to the original discussion about planes sort of being abandoned, though, uh, Layne has got it on again. Uh, there are a load of modelers. And this is perhaps why we're seeing so much scenery developed for MSFS. It's just easy to get the models in and just develop loads of models and put them in the sim and sell a product. Whereas for making planes, it's a lot harder. Uh, so a lot of dropouts indeed. Anyway, guys, I'm afraid that is all I have got time this week. Ryan, I hope you've first stint presenting the podcast oh, is it going to be the last i don't know um no, yeah it's, it's been it's been interesting yeah first time to do it. i don't know how it's going to go thank yeah. you so so much to evan who has also joined us yeah. uh for the podcast and i hope he's enjoyed being on yeah it's been a good conversation i'm glad you glad you challenged me i'm glad i could take part uh maybe i gave you a little bit of an insight into sort of what the world of developers looks like not that i'm part of it by any means but i certainly talked to lots of those people and talked to lots of the real world community so i was really grateful to be here talking to you guys gives us uh, lots of great context and thanks for taking the time uh we will be back next week we might be changing time we are going to do a poll about that basically see if we should move out of dinner time uh, depends on the contract negotiations for uh, man to my right, which of which I then point fine. But guys, if you've enjoyed this episode, oh, yes. oh. have enjoyed this episode of Flight and Weekly, if you're watching on, make sure to drop a like, subscribe, drop a comment and subscription. Uh, we want to know what you guys want to hear about on the podcast. That is one thing we definitely want to know about. Watching on Spotify, so if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, anything like that, make sure to drop a follow. It's really supportive. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Going to be, hopefully, we're going to be interviewing TFDI, Josh from TFDI next week. And yeah. Yep. Definitely been a fun one. It has. So thank you for watching, for listening, and good night. Good night. Bye. <laughs>